live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. I don't know. Did I fool anybody? I don't think I fooled anybody. Steve Cofield uh, on the road with the Rebels at the Thomas and Mac right now. Candy and Willie Ramirez in for your Friday afternoon edition of Cofield and Company. Uh, Willie is down at the Golden Circle at TI as he will be once again manana in the morning uh, for Throw the Flag with Gooch 9 to 11. Willie, what's going on, man? How's your Friday? Going good so far. Going good so far. Just uh, gearing up for, well, another dreaded Raiders weekend. Another dreaded Raiders weekend. And we begin that dreaded Raiders weekend with a dreaded Lambeau loss for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? And what's wrong with the Green Bay Packers? Because they were favored in this game against the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans took care of business rather handily. And they didn't even need Derrick Henry to do it. They had Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball all over them. Willie, you declared in our pre-show communications that Green Bay is done. Yeah, they're they're done. finished. Well, I just don't, I don't see any life in them. You know, they're such a weird team. You know, they. I mean. 31-28 overtime win over Dallas, and then they muster 17 points at home. Why? Short week? No, because the week before that, they only scored nine points against the Detroit Lions. Prior to that, 17 points in Buffalo. Um, 21 points in a loss to Washington. This is a team that lost five in a row before beating Dallas. It's just back to losing again. So I'm, I'm not buying in. I'm not looking back and going, well, it did beat New England. It did beat Tampa Bay. This team is in disarray. And I'm not going to put it all on the, the, the absence of Devontae Adams. I just don't think that, that that it's working. I just don't think that there's anything cohesive about it. And the offense is a mess. If you look up and down the numbers in, in which this team has, you know, um, in what it's done throughout the season, uh, and I don't foresee it getting any easier. It's got to go to Philadelphia. That's going to be tough. It's got to go to Chicago. That's a rivalry game. I don't care how good or bad either one of the teams are. It's a rivalry game, and anything can happen in that game. Then it hosts the Rams, which is in shambles, but nevertheless. And then it's got to go to Miami. It's last three road games, Candy, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Miami. I'm chalking them up as, as potential losses, at least two of them, maybe the Chicago game. Then they host Minnesota, and they finish the season at home against Detroit, which already beat them, held them to nine points. So, yeah. I'm declaring the Packers season done. Let me tell you something. If you are a hater, there has never been a better time to be alive than November 18th, 2022. Because haters, we might as well be celebrating the haters ball early this year. For everyone out there, who's bad right now? Aaron Rodgers is bad. Tom Brady is bad. The Lakers are bad. The Yankees lost in the playoffs. Haters it's Christmas already. If we knew you were going to go on that little bit of a mini rant with the bad, we could have had Michael Jackson's bad playing in the background. Who's bad? Oh, 
Who's bad? Who's all, bad? All, all of them. All of them at the moment. All right, let's hit the rest of the three. It's the three on Cofield and Company. All right, so let's move it along to what Willie teased a second ago. The Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders have won twice this year in nine tries, mm. but one of them mm. was against the Denver Broncos, where they mm. scored 32 points at Allegiant Stadium and came away with a victory. And now the teams are getting together again in Denver. Denver is a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite. Willie, you're seeing teams that are a mirror image of each other. They are. I mean, it's a mirror image of disappointing seasons in a, in a, in a campaign in which the AFC West was supposed to be the best division in football. Injuries have decimated and hurt the Chargers. Uh, First-year coaches in their programs have certainly hurt the Broncos and the Raiders. I am not about to blame it on any player in particular because it starts at the top. And I think that that's what we're seeing is a mirror image of teams struggling with first-year coaches and trying to find some sort of semblance and symmetry with one another. Um, and it's just not happening. Russell Wilson, he's showing his age, yes, but it's just the play calling. It's been questioned all season long with this team. The defense has been rock solid, but the offense is atrocious. The Raiders are just a team that can't put together four quarters of action that we saw struggle in uh, the beginning of the season, right? The comeback win by Arizona in week two. The collapse against Tennessee, not being able to finish. They come home and they were able to knock off Denver. Then all of a sudden, there seemed to be some hope, even though it was one and four going into a bye week, that 30 to 29 loss. But what did we sort of point out after that game, Candy? Questionable calls by McDaniels. And I don't care about the win over Houston, but since then, it has been nothing but a mess. And this team at this point. And I, I, I don't know about Denver because I'm not in and out of the facility. I'm not there throughout the week. I just know what I read. I know what I see. But as far as the Raiders are concerned, uh, well, it, it just there's a part of me that believes that it would be better off if this team finished with two wins than fighting and scrapping and clawing to get whatever they can over these final uh, whatever it is, eight weeks. Because they're not going to the playoffs, and if they do, they're not doing anything there. And if they and and whatever they do to scratch and claw to get wins, guess what? They're just going to further uh, distance himself from the top of the draft. I heard the very best explanation, Willie, mm. in the open from Nathaniel Hackett. Somebody's got to win this game. Not really. They could tie. Could, they could tie, right? They could tie. <laughs> but that's the best explanation of watching this football game. Someone might win. It might be exciting because both of the teams are not good, and so they're kind of on equal footing of being not good. That might ultimately be it, and that, Willie, has been to me the story of the NFL this year. Nobody's good. Nobody is that dominant team that everyone is chasing. It doesn't exist this year, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that Brady Brady and Rodgers got old at the same time. I don't know if it's because the Chiefs needed a little time to put things together, if because Josh Allen is hurt. I don't think anybody's all that good. Well, let me ask you this. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, You mentioned two polarizing figures in the NFL. How much do you think, because we're so centralized on the demise of Tom Brady and the demise of Aaron Rodgers and the seasons they're enduring, that it's taking away our attention from maybe maybe the teams that are doing well? Now, I will say this. I'm not sold on the Eagles at 8-1 because they haven't beaten anybody. Um, 
their 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 schedule hasn't impressed me. The only team that really that I come away impressed with might be Kansas City uh, at seven and two. And you know what? Maybe the Titans at seven and three, uh, just because you're quietly sort of getting it done. But and and how about Miami seven and three? The teams that we expected, the players we expected to sort of captivate our 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 uh, our attention, they're going through this. We're, I mean, how many weeks ago, Candy, did we, were we all going, is this? Remember the debate was, is this the end of Brady and Rodgers? I mean, we were talking about that in week four and five. Now the Packers are four and seven. The Buccaneers are five and five in an NFC South where that's the best record. Is that captivating our attention more than the teams that are actually doing well? It is because the teams that are doing well, let's go through them. I don't buy Philadelphia any more than you do as an elite team. Nobody buys Minnesota as a team at that tier. You've got teams like the Giants, like the Jets, who are overperforming. They're fun stories, but they're not elite teams, and we know this. And Mm -hmm. so the Bills were on that path, and then Josh Allen got hurt. The Chiefs, you're right. When it's been a team that has showed out that way, it has been the Kansas City Chiefs. However... It's not that long ago that I watched them lose to the Colts, a team that just fired its coach to bring in Jeff Saturday. So there are plenty of ways to look at this to say, I don't see anyone who you can point to and say, they're the elite team. They are the absolute best. We're going to talk to Mark McMillan a little bit about that, get a little bit more on UNLV and Hawaii coming up. Rebs need both of the last two games to earn bull eligibility. We'll talk to Mark McMillan about that with Steve Cofield here in just a moment on Cofield & Company. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield & Company. Back here on ESPN Las Vegas, Mark McMillan is in our regular Friday football insider. We got a special guest uh, every every time we've got a uh, Hawaii topic. Rich Miano, of course, uh, Hawaiian, is nice enough to uh, step in, and he's a color voice uh, for Hawaii football. What's up, Rich? Hey, man, just getting ready for this game. You know, both of these teams seem like uh, you know they're on kind of a losing streak, but uh, I think like most of these Mountain West Conference games is going to come down to the last possession. So I'm kind of fired up for this game and. Plus, it's the ninth island, and everybody is going to be fired up to see who gets that pineapple trophy. <laughs> it, it should be interesting, like you said, man, with uh, with the conference, the way it's going. Uh, it seems like there's no clear favorite this year. Everybody's uh, very competitive. Uh, you know, UNLV has dropped a couple of tight games. Uh, Hawaii's always been in the games. Obviously, UNLV's got to travel a long way uh, over, the, over the ocean uh, to Hawaii. Uh, what, what what is the buzz around the around the program? I know they have a new head coach, uh, but what is the buzz around the program, especially this week? Well, you know, there's so much uncertainty around this program, Mark, because you guys have a 1.9 billion dollar stadium, and we have a high school retrofitted porta potties, uh, no tunnel to come out of locker room. Looks like a high school locker room for the opponent, and um, you know, we got a new governor coming up, so you know. The whole future of University of Hawaii football is kind of in a flux where I look at, like, when the Pac-12 expands, it's got to be San Diego State. It could be Boise State. And I would imagine UNLV is probably in those talks, too, with your stadium, with your $35 million workout complex. 
with uh, you know, I, I and I and I think Marcus Arroyo is building that program. Whereas in Hawaii, man, we got to win some games. We got to build a stadium. We got to build a foundation. So it's been a rough year, and I feel for Timmy Chang because it ain't his fault. Well, I, I thought, you know, obviously when all that was going down, June Jones' name came up uh, for the head coaching job. That didn't happen. Uh, I know your name was swirling around a lot. We were texting back and forth. Uh, how do you feel about that? And what led to the decision that you were like, you know what, I don't want to coach. I'm just going to sit back and, and enjoy uh, covering the this, this sport and, uh, you know, continue to support Hawaii football. Well, you know, it was a no-brainer, right, for June Jones and, you know, to bring the band back together. And June was going to pass this program to me after a couple of year cause, years because he's getting up there a little bit of age. And then I was going to pass the program to Timmy Chang. So that was kind of like a 10-year, not a 20-year plan. And instead, the athletic director, you know, and again, I've been on public radio. I've been on television. I've been on chat rooms. I've been on podcasts and we had the worst governor maybe in the state of Hawaii history, and we have the worst athletic director in all of the FBS. So those combined things without his ability, you know, to pick June Jones for the head coach really set this program back in terms of fan support, uh, corporate support. But, you know, Timmy Chang, we all love because we coached him. He's a record-setting quarterback. We, we, I've been behind him since day one. I, I love his coaching staff. I love what he's doing on the ground. But, you know, Mark, when you're drafted in the sixth round like I was or like in the eighth round like you were, the person that drafts you, the general manager, if, if you get picked in the first round, that's his fault. So it's one of those deals where Timmy Chang's doing his best, but June Jones should have been the head coach. And I think that there would have been so much more certainty instead of uncertainty in this program. Were there any uh, – did it cross your mind at any point to be like, yo, I want to be the defensive coordinator I want to be the secondary coach or did you just like, Hey, if I'm not going to be the head coach, I'm just going to just take my name out of the hat. Yeah. You know, I, it's not only being the head coach, Mark, but you know, this is a job where you work on Thanksgiving, you work on Christmas. You don't get to see your children. I'm driving my daughter to school to volleyball to everything else. If I'm going to be part of a program, it's going to be with June Jones because I've been with June Jones and I know, you know, coaching with him, we can turn this thing around. I, I still know that we've got to get a new athletic director in here. But at the same time, if I'm going to go to work every day, it's going to be for a guy that, you know, you have complete loyalty to and trust. And I love Timmy Chang, but I'm not going to just go to work to go to work. And, and I've been blessed, Mark, to not have to take a job and, you know, just you know be able to do what I do, which is promote young people and do, you know, sporting events and do radio and do television and, uh, you know, do a lot of good things in this community. So. It really never crossed my mind other than June Jones and the stars would have should have aligned and it should have happened. But the fact that it didn't is kind of a blessing in terms of the problems that this program has. And and I'm willing to tackle problems, but I'm not willing to. I want to make sure that everybody's not only in the boat, but they're all rowing in the same direction. Former Hawaii player Rich Miano, former New York Jet Rich Miano up with Cofield and company and Mark McMillan. So on the field. It looks like Hawaii's starting to get it together a little bit offensively, at least against Utah State. So tell us what's working right now with Shager at quarterback and also a two-headed running back game. Yeah, you know, this past game, right, the most passing yards, the most rushing yards, the most total yards. You know, Shager had two touchdown passes, which is only the second time he's done that. They moved the ball. There were three interceptions, right? But as Mark will tell you, if you don't take the ball away on defensively, that turnover ratio was the difference, right? but they didn't take the ball away. And, you know, I, the, 
the offense is starting to click because that running game has clicked all year long. And we've got three running backs. One that's a phenom is a freshman that they got to I'm, I'm almost convinced he's in the witness protection uh, plan or they're worried about NILs because they're not feeding him the ball. This young man's averaging close to 10 yards a carry and he gets 10 carries every game. He looks up the stat sheet and sees that the opponent's getting 20 uh, carries and he's got 185 yards. And so it's a, it's a young man named Tylen Hines. Diedrich Parsons doing well. Najee Bryant, Lee, the other running back, is, is good as well. So when that passing game, which seems to be catching up to the running game, starts to click, we're scoring some points. So I, I do think this is going to be a good football game because when I watch UNLV, I like I like the quarterback. I like that big running back. I like their receivers. And I like Marcus Arroyo, and I think he's building something. So these are two programs that are building and heading in the right direction. It's just that you got to find, as Mark will tell you, there's five or six plays in every game. Somebody's got to make that interception. Somebody's yeah. got to make that sack. Somebody's got to catch that football. Somebody's got to recover that onside kick. And if they don't, you end up losing. And you think there's athletic justice. Hawaii's had no athletic justice, man. They've lost all the close ones. Hey, Rich Miano's with us, Cofield and Company, Mark McMillan as well. You know, one other thing I wanted to discuss is the travel. And I know it's probably, a, you know, a, a topic that's hit too much, but what is it like traveling back and forth? And then, you know, UNLV is going to arrive on Friday at like 4 or 5 p.m. Hawaii time. And, you know, we have a former player on the broadcast, Caleb Herring, and he's talked about, hey, needing a little bit of time to kind of adjust to the time. And also, you know, the big guys unwind from the long flight. Is that a factor? I mean, you know, the Hawaii players obviously have to deal with it as well, going back and forth. And if I'm correct here, Hawaii now has played, this will be back-to-back games at home. Yeah, so you, you have a good point, right? So, you know, basically – we pay, and that's another deal that the University of Hawaii is not on top of in terms of we pay the opponents to charter. We fly commercial. We fly 36,000 miles this year. Uh, a couple of years ago, we flew 45,000 miles. So when you look at the NFL, Mark will tell you this. That's why there's conference alignment, right? We fly more than any team in any level and in any sport. So it is hard especially when you don't have a big budget because you're eating Subway sandwiches. You got a 300-pound lineman in the middle row of a uh, commercial flight. But, yeah, in terms of UNLV flying here, it is a long flight. There is distractions. You know, it's a different type of atmosphere. It could be humid. It could be raining. It rains, and then all of a sudden it's, it's nice out. Uh, it's in Manoa now at the University of Hawaii, so it's a different type of atmosphere. And when they get there, they're going to see a stadium that they're going from, like I said before, a $1.9 billion stadium, one of the best in the world, to one of the worst college football stadiums in America. And so you got all that psychological things working against you. You got pretty brown-skinned women walking around everywhere. And, yeah, there's a lot of distractions, bro, but you got to block that out. But they're coming in commando style. When you come in on Friday, that's commando style. You don't even have a chance to visit Pearl Harbor. You don't even have a chance to get out of the hotel it's like the NFL, Mark will tell you that. We're pretty much sequestered the whole time. But, um, yeah, some people come in early, try to get adjusted to the time. But come late in the game, right, it's in the fourth quarter. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, UNLV time. So them brothers better be ready. <laughs> uh, you know, been, been watching uh, UNLV all this year, all, all year. Uh, like I said, Coach Royal, um, I, I like what he's doing. I like, uh, you know, the players that he's bringing in with the portal. Obviously, Brunfield is a big part of that offense. Uh, Robinson is a, a big time. He's like an SEC running back. Uh, they have some struggles in the secondary. Uh, what do you see uh, UNLV being able to exploit some of the things that Hawaii doesn't do well as Hawaii with their passing game and running game against UNLV? 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, Mark, the, the biggest problem we have is finding one of those defensive ends like a, you know, like we had with the Eagles, right? Uh, uh, you might have with the Chiefs and even a rush linebacker in the 3-4. We can't apply any pressure. So we got to bring heat by bringing the, that extra guy. And then we got two corners, Mark. You'd be proud of it. They look like SEC guys. They ain't as quick as you were. They don't have as good change of direction. But they're physical corners. But the problem is, is to generate a pass rush, we can't get it out of a four-man rush. So therefore, you know, you put them corners on an island and, you know, they, they, they've done pretty well. The problem we've had is stopping the run as well. So I see that big back. I see Brumfield. I see him moving around. I really like what he, he's doing and stuff. And he's the future of that football team. So I can kind of almost see this, you know, being a 35, 40-point game on both sides. I don't know what the over-under is. But um, I think there's going to be some points scored. Yeah, so the total on the game is 55. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Hey, before we get Rich out of here, let's talk a little NFL. Let's start with the Eagles first. What did you guys make of the Eagles losing their first game? And are they the best team in the NFC, Rich? You know, I, I do think, for real, Jalen Hurts. You know, I'm a Tua fan, so I've followed Alabama for a long time. And uh, what he's done in terms of putting that commitment in terms of his throwing ability – uh, and, and, you know, just that hard work, work ethic, whatever else. He's the real deal. And uh, that offensive line is the real deal. That defensive line is the real deal. Mark probably knows a little bit more about the secondary and some of those uh, so other position groups. But right now, they can run the football. They can stop the run. They can throw the football. They got a dual-threat quarterback. I would be, you know, Super Bowl, that might be a stretch, but they got to be favored right now. Yeah, they're, they're like I said, uh, they're – Last week against, uh, obviously, um, uh, uh, opponent they should have beat, the Commanders. Uh, you know, uh, Robinson, the young running back out of Alabama, you know, comes back uh, at the beginning of the year after being shot in the offseason and comes back and, and just dominates our, our, our front four. And, you know, we had some struggles in the secondary. Um, obviously, Darius Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the game right now. He's emerging. Uh, but, you know, we had some struggles on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and use, losing our tight end, Gobbert, uh, is going to be big as well. I've heard he just went on IR. Uh, but Jalen Hurst has just continued to do, um, you know, what I've always thought he could do. He's managing the game well. Miles Sanders is, is running the ball well. Uh, you know, you got Devontae Adams is still, you know, putting up good numbers. I mean, they, they made some really good offseason moves. Um, Dallas, Dallas, we thought, you know, was going to go into Green Bay, who was struggling and win, and they lose to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Giants are just winning games. You know, no one's talking about the Giants. They're just squeaking by some games. Uh, the Commanders are going to get Chase Young back this week. Uh, so that D-line, if you look at the, the Commanders front four, they probably have the best D-line in the National Football League. Uh, so you know, it's, it's going to be a tough division. I don't think the Eagles are just head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, it's going to come down to some really good, good uh, division games that – a lot of teams are going to have to win on the road, and the Commanders did that. They went into Philadelphia and won on the road, which is huge. I think the 49ers also have a shot, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be more than a game manager. But you know what? He's been there before. So I, I do think, I, you know what, I'm an NFL guy, man. I can't wait to sit on my couch and watch <laughs> Sunday, Monday. And uh, it's always an exciting season. But, you know, Philadelphia fans have a lot to be excited about. Thanks to Rich Miano for popping on. Rich is going to be the voice that you hear on the uh, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network as uh, Fox 5.2 and uh, Cox 125 is going to be carrying the Hawaii call of the game. So, Rich, you'll be on TV here in Vegas. Yes, I will. Look forward to it, man. I got to make a shout-out to Randall Cunningham, Mark McMillan, 
all of the, you know the ex Eagles and ex players living in that ninth island. Remember, you guys are representing Hawaii too, bro. <laughs> there he is, Rich Miano, former Jet, former Eagle, true and true Hawaii guy. All right, Mark, let's close out on this. I know you got big. Uh, Workings going on with Grillin' McMillan. What do we have coming up? Uh, another branded item. This is a big one. Yeah, I got my Grillin' McMillan infused olive oils, man. I got six flavors uh, that's going to be uh, selling in Ruggiero's Ace Hardware Store in Arizona. I just got two more orders this morning, man, so they're doing good. I know my guy, Chris, at Naked City Pizza. Uh, he's going to be using them in some of his recipes as well on his pizza, uh, some of his truffle fries. So it, it, it's huge, man. So it's finally out, man. Gorilla McMillan infused olive oils. And I just signed a, a, a deal uh, with Gorilla Grills. I uh, just signed that yesterday. So I have a grill sponsor, Java Barbecue. I have a I have a charcoal sponsor. I know my guys over at Channel 8, man, uh, Ron and, and Chris, man. We're doing a pregame live show every Sunday morning for the Raiders. And stay tuned for that Gorilla McMillan segment. We're gonna be doing, man. So we're gonna have Gorilla Grills. We're gonna have we're gonna have Java uh, uh, barbecue pellets. We're gonna have tri tip. We're gonna have steak. We're gonna have wings. So we're undefeated. Although the Raiders are struggling right now, our team is undefeated every Sunday morning. We haven't lost a game yet, so I'm excited for it. Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the 3 to 6 show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. win the draw in their own zone. Five on five. Puck comes out in front. It's a score! Right in the front of the net bound, Riley Smith. One times it into the back of the cage. Vegas extends the lead. 4-1 Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Golden Knights only needed to play against the Arizona JV in order to get themselves back on the winning track. You hear the voice of Dan Duva there on the Golden Knights radio network. Uh, Candy. Uh, Candy. Okay. Are you going to jump on that grand piano I see in the background? I'm not planning on that. Uh, You're welcome to. I I can't tickle ivories. I just was excited to see see some camera or see some. I, I see. It's a it, it's it's a very uh, it's a very special very special piano to me. Uh, if you're watching, on wait a minute, we're not live on the okay. stream, but Willie can see it. Willie can see it. Um, Gold Knights are now fourteen four. Willie, they um, I'm not sure they have a lot of competition left. And when you look at this roster, I know you've been profiling a few of the guys who are doing the job right now for the Golden Knights, and I'm, I'm not sure in the history of this team that there's ever been one player individually with the talent of Jack Eichel. He's got the health, he's got the skills, and it's all shown out so far this year. He is pretty amazing, and, and I have a feature coming out on him for the Associated Press. Um, I actually asked Jonathan Marchesaw about him, and he's just his quote was, guys like that, it's another world. It's another world of skills that none of us have. It's just the way he plays. He's just a gifted hockey player. He has all the skill set that you need to be a high-performing hockey player, and he has it, and he brings it every night. He's a game-changer for us, and we're lucky to have him. He, uh, you asked the question in the rundown, is he the best player 
the Golden Knights have ever had. Um, he is sort of like the uh, – I, I really hate using this comparison, Candy, but, you know, because Mark Stone is a fantastic player, like, you know, two-way guy, both sides. Um, I This is going to sound outlandish to a lot of Golden Knights fans, but, like, I think that William Carlson obviously played out of his mind the first season to get 43 goals, but I do think he's a talent at both ends. I think Riley Smith is one of the smartest players that this team's ever seen. Jack Eichel is like the Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant with what he can do with the puck, the stick handling skills, the skating skills, the elusive, how he's elusive, how he can dance in and around. I mean, he's just a combination of the most skilled point guard and three guard and able to move and slashing guard, you know, picture that on a basketball court, put that on ice with what he can do to dance around defenders and then find the back of the net is it's amazing to watch. Yeah, I think what we're going to see as the season goes on, so long as he stays healthy, Willie, is mm. that this is the first player the Golden Knights have ever had who can beat the other team by himself. Yeah. And that's the kind of player that Jack Eichel has always been when he's been healthy, and it's always why I was stunned why Buffalo wasn't willing to go along with him getting his health right the way that he wanted to get his health right. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you, in talking to him, you know, doing a story on him, uh, Willie, what's his mindset right now? Like, what's his attitude? He, you know what, it it's so reminiscent. Remember the first season of the Golden Knights when the whole mindset, it was it was like the misfits, you know, and the team that, of, of, of outcasts. And it was all about the chemistry in the locker room. It wasn't necessarily what they were doing on the ice. It was more so what they were doing in the locker room in order to bond and come together on the ice. No matter what combinations Gerard Gallant was putting out there, whatever was taking place, it was because of this bond and chemistry that they had built. As the roster turned over and as injuries took place and as things sort of collectively, the business side of things took over with this team, you saw that. I think that was a big deal last year. I think that was major, aside from the injuries. The injuries, obviously, but there was just something missing, electric, with that chemistry. Jack Eichel says you know, that that's something that he's, he's having fun coming to the rink. Not to the games, but coming to the rink. He's having fun with getting on the plane and traveling with these guys and just talking with them and hanging out with them. Um, you know, this was a guy who... He played with broken ribs in Buffalo, and they loved him. The media wrote, you know, positive vibes about him. They, there weren't anything negative about the locker room, and 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 then everything starts going south, and his injuries, and now all of a sudden he is the disruptive force in the locker room that's taking things away, and that you know that for a young guy like that, I mean. I looked at it last night. I, was, I happened to be watching the Jumbotron. I was like, this guy's younger than my son. This is a young guy that when he was going through what he was, let's not forget he's a young guy. He's a professional athlete, millionaire. But, yeah, nevertheless, he's now back to having fun playing what the sport that he loves, and he feels, he feels like he belongs in the locker room. And everybody says he's been great since he's got here. The rumors of what he was like in a locker room in Buffalo, that is so unfounded, and it just wasn't true. They had, nobody has seen that. Nobody. Nobody has seen it thus far in Vegas. We haven't seen the uh, we, we haven't seen a great concert at Allegiant in a minute. <laughs> You're going to see one next year. Mm. You got to wait. Got to wait a while, but it's yep. going to be worth it. 
Just like it's worth it to listen to the 3 o'clock hour sometimes on Cofield and Company. We don't save all the giveaways for later in the show. We got one right here and right now. 702-364-1100. Ari's going to take caller number 7 for two tickets to see Pink at Elysian Stadium, Saturday, October 7th, 2023. The tickets go on sale Monday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Caller number 11, 702-364. I'm sorry. Did I say caller number 11? Ari wants it to be caller number 7 since I said that once. I guess I have to do it again. Call number 7, 364-1100. Join Cofield and Company on Mondays for the live 2 to 5 show at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Big beers for under 4 bucks. Select appetizers are 2 4 and $6. Come hang at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. I mean, it's unheard of. That's a record that's probably never going to be broken, especially the way the game is today. Guys have one little nick. You know, they're sitting for a game or sitting for you know two games. At the end of the season, they don't want to lose their top players. They're sitting for the 82nd game of the year type thing. So 1,000 games, I mean, there's very few guys that play 1,000 games, let alone uh, straight. So it's pretty cool, uh, something that uh, will be part of uh, history, really. You are listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Golden Circle is where you will find Willie Ramirez down at Treasure Island. Alongside me, Adam Candy, Steve Cofield gets ready for UNLV basketball. That's 6.30 right here on ESPN Radio for the pregame show with John and Curtis. 7 o'clock for UNLV taking on high point as the rebels look to stay undefeated on the young season we'll have curtis terry with us at 5 30 to get us set up for the game as we uh, as we get ready for another golden knights game 14 wins in 18 tries uh always good to catch up with our friend darren millard uh darren is of course uh on the vgk Pre and post, he is the host of the chirp. And apparently, I learned earlier today by going to his uh, Twitter, he is a world class scammer. Um, I, I don't know how you pulled this off, Darren. How is it exactly that you get to eat ice cream with a professional hockey player for four minutes and call it work? Right place, right time. Nobody else was in the office, and they said, "Hey, can you do this sponsor?" And I'm like, "If it's Secret Creamery." For sure. See what I just did there? Oh, that's a scammer if I've ever heard one. Well done. And and you know what's funny is I asked Riley Smith, and uh, we did the, uh, it's called the scoop, uh, where we just sit and eat ice cream and talk. I said, how did you get to do this? He's like, they just said, can we have two and a half minutes of your time? Like, yeah, that's good. So uh, we were both in in the perfect spot uh, for that. And and (laughs) the instructions were? Hey, you guys don't have to do anything hardcore. Just sit and hang out and just keep it loose. Like, I can do that. You need ice cream. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually rather impressive that you've advanced to a point in your career at which someone says to you, go eat ice cream and talk to somebody, and we're going to pay you for it. Like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you have done in a past life to deserve that sort of good karma, Darren, but I'm very, very impressed uh, by that. Not, maybe not as impressed as I am by this start by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, If you're going to put it into an elevator pitch, what has been the reason for this start for VGK this year? Buy-in for the team and and being focused on the task at hand. And they came back, and they had to absorb a lot 
in training camp. It was a really intense stretch uh, through uh, the arrival for uh, their physicals and a lot of the video sessions that they did and then the on-ice uh, adapting to the new system and into the season. But, but they did. Uh, they, they bought in, and they coupled that with being healthy and being motivated from the disappointment of last year, and it's almost like a perfect storm so far because it has gone really, uh, really well. Uh, I would say better than expected or uh, if we're a team that uh, has adopted uh, some major changes with the coaching staff and some, some systems, uh, certainly uh, better than we predicted at the start of the year to be 14 and four. Darren, um, aside from running up to press row and trying to mock my wardrobe uh, every home game, what has been the best part for you in seeing outside of Eichel and Stone and the stars of this team, um, the pleasant surprise for you with this team, be it the third line, the fourth line, be it the goalies, what, what has it been? Well, I, I think the blue line being so consistent has been an under-talked-about positive part of this team. Uh, they've gone with uh, the same six guys for 17 of the 18 games, and uh, we didn't see anything close to that. Uh, and, well, last night was the, the first defenseman to score a goal on home ice this year. You're starting to see them pile up a lot of points, and uh, right at the top of the league as, as far as point production and, and the ability to defend. And I, I don't think, because it's not the sexiest part of the game, uh, that has been a really integral uh, aspect uh, and influence on this team's success. Uh, the goaltending has been good. Uh, I, I don't think they've had to lean on their goaltenders uh, as much as anybody, including myself, thought. But the new system helps that. And then you look at the, the fourth line. like William Carrier last night, uh, he, he's got one less goal than Mark Stone. And it's not because Mark Stone struggled. No. It's because Carrier's been great. And the um, evolution of that line uh, with the uh, real skill of Nick Waugh in the middle has given them uh, as, as much of a four, like a true four-line rotation as, as we've seen. And just, just to back up, because I don't want to gloss over, I don't make fun of you. I just analyze what you're wearing uh, night to night upstairs in the press box. Didn't and you say yesterday night, I was supposed to climb a mountain or something? Well, last night you looked Sherpa-ish with your wardrobe up there. You had the big sweater. It looked like you'd be towing uh, some kind of, uh, guiding some kind of animal with all the bags uh, on, on the back it, going it, up it, the mountain in the middle of a snowstorm. You, listen, you, like. Like Sherpas are very important people. They get they get us up the mountain. They get us down from the mountain. Like that, that, it wasn't if, a if you want to get into this. If you want to get into this, Willie, what I was really doing was giving you a big compliment, pal. It wasn't a parka. It was a nice hooded cardigan, <laughs> and it might have cost more than than your entire outfit. That's neither here nor there. Now listen. Oh, someone touched Doug, a hot button. Now listen, Doug McLean, uh, it was a president and uh, and a coach in the National Hockey League, long-time general manager. And I used to have a bug him about some of the shoes that he would wear, and he would always say, "This costs more than your car." I'm like, "I don't care." It's, it's not good. But I, was, I, I like what you had on yesterday. It looked very comfortable. Hey, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I, switch I, it up. I'm I, not gonna go suited all forty whatever forty one home. I'm no. gonna I'm gonna switch it up from time to time. Dude, I I wore the the fancy hoodie under the suit this week. I'm oh, right nice. with you. I all like right. changing it up a little bit. All right, listen. 
Uh, you spoke about the defense and the new system. Um, yeah, that zone defense, man, they are clearing pucks outside of the you know the second half of the game, meaning into the second period of both the uh, the Sharks and the Blues games, where they sort of just fell asleep a little bit, got caught below the goal line. But clearing puck seems to be a lot better this season than it was last season. And, yes, they were injured and everything. But I think that this, this new system, this zone D, is very, very – it's a lot more cohesive for this roster. Yeah, two things. I don't think you can compare any execution between last year and this year. It's just – it's not fair to the guys. True. Because there was so much turnover and uh, – lack of consistency with who you're playing with, never mind who was in the lineup. So that's, that's one thing. The, the St. Louis game, like that, that was uh, a really uh, uh, flip, a uh, big flip for St. Louis in that second period. Uh, uh, that, that was domination. The, the, the San Jose game, I thought they were fine, really, through two periods. I didn't think they'd give up, give up much. Uh, they, they allowed a goal, but uh, as far as chances against, it, it was a solid uh, two periods. They were sluggish coming out in the third period, and that's what, what ended up costing them the game. But uh, I, I thought they were in, in fine position to win the hockey game. I was, I was really surprised that, uh, that it turned so quickly uh, against the, uh, the, the San Jose Sharks. But as a whole, like Willie, when you, when you look back on games, there's one, two really good stops uh, for the goaltenders of the Vegas Golden Knights right now. And then there's a lot where... It's, they're good saves, and they're, they saves that they should be making. And last night was a great example of that. There was a couple of, oh, that was a that was a big stop. How did that stay out? The one puck that went through the crease and out the other side on Logan Thompson. Uh, but other than that, he he wasn't forced to deal with high quality chances, which is what this system is. They'll give you zone time, they will give you shots, and the totals will be uh, up there. But when you get into the minutia of it or the eye test, they don't really give you a lot, if that makes sense. Uh, Darren Millard's joining us here from Vegas Golden Knights, and I have a question for you about Mark Stone and what has been the motivation for this team because I remember very clearly talking to you in the preseason when Mark Stone was singing the tune of No One Believes in Us. Nobody yeah. buys into the Vegas Golden Knights, and I, I – I wonder, do you feel like that was a success in the beginning of the season here? And that obviously is not something that you can hang on to when you're 14-4. No, but I think it's certainly uh, true when you compare what the expectations of this team were at the start of training camp to where their record is now. Like if, if the players thought that they had the ability to roll out to uh, a 750 winning percentage in the in the first 20 games. Uh, they were they were in a small group uh, compared to the rest of the hockey world. There was not a lot of belief, and a lot of it had to do with one, the health of the captain, uh, the growth of Jack Eichel, and the goaltenders. And those those are the three main things that uh, that there was uh, swirling around this team and unanswered questions that would have to be determined in the in the year and you've got a career start for jack eichel you've got uh, perfect health for mark stone and producing and the goaltenders have done their job uh, and uh, that is why you've got this remarkable and i i think it's remarkable 14 and 4 
uh, was was not what I expected. I'm I'm really happy with it. I'm 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 uh, thoroughly entertained by it. But fourteen and four was far beyond anything in my even in my uh, happiest uh, prediction point. Uh, it, it was above that. Absolutely. Well. He sherpas you through the pre- and post-game every VGK broadcast. Darren Millard, thanks for your time, buddy, and we will see you at the rink soon.